back in the saddle again Of where a friend is a friend Where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly jimson weed I'm back in the saddle again Hi, I'm Kevin Matthews, Scottish film fan living in England, and I've gone completely blank on my intro, but I trust that Dave will allow me to send him an audio clip that he'll insert here later. Nice one, Dave. Thanks for that. Yay! Uh, hi, I'm Craig, English film nerd living in Wales, and uh, if Adam Green tries to make another hatchet film, I'm going to have to kill him. Or Kevin. <laughs> Probably, probably Kevin. Oh, but then Tyler could make us watch it. So long, Adam Green. I'm not going to bet if he makes another hatchet film. Not just... Well, okay, I might just kill Adam Green. Maybe just some... Yeah. yeah. I'm, Dave, I'm Dave Gray, and this week, I'm I'm wondering if... Uh, I, should, I should tell Craig that they are secretly working on Hatchet 5 as we speak. Good God. I, I don't know. I made that up. Maybe they are. I don't... It won't I, be a very splattery, like, gory kill if I kill Adam Green. I will just strangle the life out of him. Well, I mean... Just that... look him dead in the eyes and just squeeze until he stops making hatchet films. But with your sick mind, if he teamed up with Neil Breen and made Green Green Productions, <laughs> and Breen's like, I know all the Crowleys, then you'd love it. Yeah, but just <laughs> normal. Yeah. I'm Tyler Hosley, and I'm actually meeting Adam Green next weekend to have him sign my Victor Crowley Blu-ray. So hey, I'll tell him I'll tell him all what we said about it. Oh, you should. I want I want you to write it down, look him in the eye, and just have your dad film you telling him every fucking personal comment I'm gonna make about him tonight. (laughs) Just right in the fucking eye. I'm just gonna send him a link to the podcast. I mean no, I what? want video footage of you crying as you read out this litany of insults. <laughs> Just like, no, 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 I really like you, yes. but thanks, this, this, your isn't, this, <laughs> this isn't me, but David Gray. Yes. <laughs> yes. And this is Raiders of the Podcast. Yay. Ooh. Yay. So I'm actually, I guess, hosting on a podcast tomorrow night, and uh, we're discussing the Lords of Salem. So I rewatched it. Uh, I honestly didn't really need to rewatch it because I've seen that movie like a hundred <laughs> fucking times, but I never turned down the chance to rewatch some Rob Zombie. I think it's perfect. It's atmospheric. It's bleak. It's beautifully shot. It's wonderfully paced. I just, I love that movie so much. It's Rob Zombie channeling his inner Ken Russell and it's fucking amazing. There's a, uh, there's a review on Letterboxd for it saying how if you slap the A24 logo on it and all you dorks would cream your panties over it. And that is the most accurate fucking statement I have ever seen on that movie because it's true. Everybody creams their panties over A24 on that site. So um, I love those of Salem. And uh, I watched the forgotten 1971 Zodiac Killer movie, which I've had the Blu-ray sitting here for like a year. I just never watched it, but popped it in. It's pretty good. It, I mean, it's not as good as Fincher film, obviously, uh, but it's a decent little 70s exploitation film take on the material. Um, it's a bad movie. The dialogue's atrocious. Uh, it's poorly made and poorly shot, but it's really gritty and sleazy. And if you like the Zodiac Killer, like takes on like film, uh, 
I think you'll dig it. Um, like I said, it's don't go and expecting fucking David Fincher's film or even any of the Zodiac Killer movies previous before that one. But if you like exploitation films, I think you'll dig it. And uh, that's me. I had a weird week. Uh, I watched. It was it was a weird week. I watched the uh, Invisible Woman from Universal's, mon- you know, uh, Universal Monsters catalog. Uh, a department store model takes a volunteer gig to be turned invisible and uses it to terrorize her boss. And the first half is uh, I really enjoyed, and then, and then it just kind of goes to shit. Uh, but it does have bonus points for surprise Margaret Hamilton wasted as a housekeeper and surprise Shim Howard. Yeah, that's empowered of the three stooges as a as a mobster. I don't I don't I don't know how that worked, but you know he's the least threatening mobster since uh I don't know who's the least threatening mobster on the Sopranos, Craig. Um, I don't know, they're all fairly terrifying. Well then um there you go. He's the least threatening I, mobster I, ever. I could take Uncle Junior. <laughs> yeah okay that's a good point yeah but he's less threatening than that so okay uh, i also watched frankenstein meets the wolfman uh speaking of universals poor larry talbot that's the first one where he's resurrected and uh it doesn't stop after that uh i watched final wish which uh it's written by the guy that created Final Destination, and it's um, it's not good, but like it's it's okay, I guess. Like Lynn Shay is in it, and she's fine, and the lead guy is fine, but the script's a little weak. Um, the love interest is really weak. And when it finally gets going, it's it's fine, but it it's just so happy to take it sweet ass time that it's just kind of by the time everything's revealed you're out of time and it just needs to rush too much uh i watched the dead girl in apartment in the dead girl in apartment 03 it just sucks so you know skip that one and i watched slother house which um it had bits it had bits that cracked me up and then uh, the pacing was bad. The lead was awful. It didn't know when to end. It that's sloth though. That sloth is amazing. It like I loved bits of it, and if it was just like a little bit more focused, and maybe it wasn't. Aha! Look at how predatory the lesbian is. Ha 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 ha. Maybe it, if they'd had a lead that had some personality, but instead, like she's the worst. <laughs> She's just so dull. But, you know, it it's just another movie where the idea is better than the film. It's okay yeah. if you're, like, desperate for a first-time view, but I wouldn't, like, recommend it to anybody. And definitely not as a slasher film. It's no. a straight-up comedy. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I capped off my week with uh, Monster High 2 the second musical live action monster high adaptation. It's, it's fine. <coughs> you know, if you want a musical kids movie based on a Hasbro doll line, 
cast is cute. Songs are inoffensive. I mean, not counting the auto tune, that's pretty egregious. Why? Why make a music like you're going in? You know you're making a musical, so why not just hire people who can sing? Crazy talk. I mean, wh- I get I get that the auto tune is a stylistic choice, but it's it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad stylistic choice. It sounds terrible. You make them all sound awful, but whatever, whatever. Uh, there's some nice bits of production design. The costumes were pulled out of last year's Spirit Halloween dumpster. And the messaging's a little muddled. Like, I, I don't get why I decided to... So the whole thing is about our heroes being like, we need to accept witches. Everybody else being like, we need to be scared of witches. They're evil. And then the movie goes, yes, all witches are evil. You <laughs> should be scared of them. It's like, well, what the fuck messaging is that? <laughs> Damn, people. You know, if you got little ones, you can do worse. I don't recommend it, but I know I'll have to watch three next year. So, you know, yay. Yay. I don't understand how auto-tune works, but could you, if you knew how to use it, could you turn this episode into a musical? Yeah. you like auto-tune I mean, our entire conversations? I, I could. So were... Yes. Am well, I don't. going I'm to? No, but I could. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did I watch? I watched, I watched a bunch of uh, what I would call well, or more. So, I watched a bunch of Kevin Sevens for the October Challenge. I didn't know that it would be Kevin Sevens. It just turned out to be Kevin Sevens three in a row. Uh, first one, I know, I think it's a Kevin Seven, but Kevin did not think it was a Kevin Seven because I saw that Kevin thought it was a Kevin Four. Was um, David Slade's 2023 fantasy horror, uh, Dark Harvest. Which I uh, I really liked. I thought it was just just good solid fun. Like it's it's atmospheric. Uh, the creature design is creepy. Gave it a willies. Uh, it's got some really good moments of gore, like unexpectedly like savage little moments of gore. And I really like the leads as well. The two leads are really you can root for them both. It's just I think it gets a little too tied up in its own lore, and that hurts the pacing. But generally, I, I, I dug it. It's just fun Halloweeny pumpkin head meets Children of the Corn meets Stephen Kingish vibes. It's, I had fun with it. Uh, are you going to be mentioning that one later, Kevin? Um, maybe I'd kind of forgotten I'd watched it already. Ah, well, we'll worry about that. People, <laughs> I mean. People I mean more people agreed with you than than me. I I think I would have preferred kind of a bit more development of the lore, and I didn't really like the male lead. I liked the girl who was with him. Um, yeah, oh, but, I thought they were both yeah. really good. But um, I watched I watched Netflix's Swedish slasher film The Conference, and I, like it was kind of begging me not to watch it. Just do not watch it. It just seemed like the most generic Netflix horror film. They've they've got a sort of look at the moment, the, the Netflix horror films, and just little little parts of the like the visuals and 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 the plot line, which is um uh same plot line as God damn it, uh Severance, you know, uh, uh 
what would you call it? A a business's uh, a, a a team of uh, you know what the hell? A corporate away trip or something? Yeah, yeah, a corporate away trip. Let's call it that. Um, so it was just it all seemed very generic, and I thought I'd seen you know I'd seen it a thousand times before. I didn't. I'm not even sure why I watched it to be honest. I just Netflix was on. It was in front of me. It was easy enough to put on. Uh, but I, I, I ended up quite liking it. It was, it was quite slick and it was funny. It was quite thoughtful at times. And I don't know, kills were solid. Performances were really good. Like the cast was really good. Um, and the editing was, you know, it was very Edgar Wright, but it's really, really well edited. But what I really liked about it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, in my hatchet review, I said, uh, I want one of these films just one day to surprise me and let the Richard Reels of the world get a shot to, you know, be the last man standing. And this film does exactly that. Like the older cast members are the ones that make it to the third act. They band together to take the fight to the killer. And I, I just really appreciated it. It was just, it just, it doesn't really make me warm to it. Uh, and then I watched the recent Shudder original, The Puppet Man. And that was also a very yeah. solid Kevin Seven. Uh, cast had really good chemistry. Uh, there's some really, like, vicious dark humour in the third act, which I, I really appreciated. And there are some really intense, like, nasty death scenes. There's a two for the price of one death scene around the middle of the film that, it, it got me. It had me on the edge of my seat. I was like stressed and kind of freaking out. It's uh best way I can describe it, and it won't give you much to go on. But I, Hereditary meets Final Destination, but less dumb than that sounds. But uh, yeah, I recommend that one as well. And uh, just quickly, I also thought. It would be prudent to squeeze in a first time watch of the original 1936 for Madness. Uh, it's not as fun as I'd hoped, really. It's uh, it just keeps swinging backwards and forth between like painfully dry lectures, which just awful. But then you then it swings back towards the the dumb melodrama, which is actually really entertaining. It just swings back and forth, but it's just far too much of the. Uh, of the dry lectures. I mean, it was fun to see, like, you know, what conservatives were insane about back then. But then it just kind of made me depressed that they're, you know, they just, they moved on to other more harmful things and they still suck and we still live in the exact same world. It's just, just different things. And it's, I would watch it again. It's, it's, it's not, it's not worth watching a second time, but it did, uh, it does, it has, um, influence better films which we might have watched tonight this week and that is me um well i mean we agreed on the puppet man being a kevin seven yay did give that a kevin seven i i enjoyed it too uh i watched killer book club that dave mentioned recently and i couldn't remember whether dave liked it or not so when I said it was pretty rubbish and I was disappointed, Dave came out with the, I told you. Um, so, yeah, that's two of us now warning others. 
it's just I mean it was just played far too straightforward and felt like without the meta level of comedy or insight for it, it was a pretty straightforward take on screen, but instead of movies there were books. Not not famous books, just a book being made. Um and the the look of the killer wasn't great to me and the characters weren't very good or memorable so I did not like that um, sharing more of Craig's views I watched the original Reefer Madness as well unlike Craig I think it's possibly better than most of the films we watched for the podcast this week certainly uh silly and entertaining I also thanks to Tyler felt I had to watch the original Town at Dreaded Sundown but I just um, I haven't logged that as a full watch because I multitasked with that one but I'm glad that I watched it in preparation for the remake and got an idea of the sort of the the stories that played out and the original is very much a kind of dry not docudrama, but tries to be a bit more matter of fact, and then has a couple of sort of elevated horror movie moments. I don't mean elevated horror. I mean the tone elevates to horror movie moments because elevated horror is not a thing. You can all fuck off if you say that. Not you guys, mm. unless you say that. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama uh, 2. Uh, uh, why is there a second one of those? Mm. Well, Dave, um, that's a good question. It was made cheap. They let Brick Stevens direct. Um, there are a couple of cameos. It's terrible. I have a soft spot for Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama 1. Uh, also known as the Imp in some territories, and I had a few Scream Queens from the Haiti uh, in there and was just cheap and cheerful fun. And I know I rate it higher than most people, but this second film is dire. Even though it only runs at about, like I think the runtime is about 62 minutes, but it feels like it goes on for a week. It's It's really bad. Um, made for like you know 50 bucks and maybe some free snacks for people uh, so that's a, that's a real shame uh, a better one that isn't uh, horror centric but I'll mention it in case uh, Craig fancies checking out on Mubi is The Goob has another uh, intense Sean Harris performance because I don't Aye. think he does anything else when he's on screen. I don't think he does anything else in his life. I think meeting Sean Harris at any time would just be terrifying. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever seen him? Well, with people like Sean Harris, it's, it's the way Junji Ito is a very cheerful chap, and Miyazaki, who does the uh, Ghibli films, is a miserable is a miserable son of a bitch. So I tend to think that the creepier someone is, the nicer and sunnier they probably are in real life, which would mean that Sean Harris is just a delight. 
Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you would be almost as delightful as Michael Haneke. You know, just a real, just cheerful champ. Imagine you were working with him and he'd done the signature of the birthday card in the wet round for you and that, and then Sean Harris comes up going, I heard it's your birthday. <laughs> just staring at you. Happy birthday. You would just immediately move house and worry that you were going to be chopped up in the middle of the night. Uh, anyway. Ah, lovely fella. Sure. You'll probably uh, quite like the goob, I think. It's uh, familiar territory, but... Sean Harris is, is very good at it. Um, it's a good sort of British drama. And last, but by no means least, I watched Eve's Bayou. And it is... It, the, I've thought on Eve's Bayou a lot after the end credits rolled. Probably more than I've thought about any other film this year. Uh, it was long overdue a watch for me and I think it could be a perfect film and it's just brilliant and Cassie Lemons should you know have another 50 features to him. I know she's got some other stuff uh, I've not seen it yet it's a fantastic performance from Samuel Jackson but everybody in the cast is really good. Uh, Johnny Smollett plays Eve, if I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, I hope so. Uh, she's really good, and obviously a lot of it is seen through her eyes. It's got a fantastic atmosphere and evocation of time and place and perspective. And uh, yeah, I messaged Dave quite a, a few times after this with some thoughts and then some reframed thoughts after taking on uh, other opinions and I'm keen to to rewatch it and unfortunately I believe I watched the theatrical cut and there is a big difference with the director's cut which is on the disc as well isn't that right Dave? Yes it is so hopefully my excuse is uh, next time I go to watch it I'll watch the director's cut. But I mean, I I would now just echo Dave and tell everyone they should watch it. Have you seen it, Craig? I have not. It was on my list. Tyler? I have not. It's so well, good. Yeah, me and Dave are just the cool kids now, so <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. We get badges and stuff. I don't think I want to be one of the cool kids. Well, you're not getting the choice because you haven't watched Steve's way yet, so... <laughs> and I think that was me. Yeah, that was me. Yay. Was it me? Yeah, I think it was me. Yeah, that that was, was... Was that you? Was it? I mean, I don't... I don't, I don't know. I mean... Yeah. Think so. I think now it, it is the it is the time that I say this week we watched the twenty four uh, man my tablet has just gotten so ridiculously slow the twenty fourteen American slasher film and metaphysical sequel to a nineteen seventy six film of the same name metafictional I, not metaphysical metafictional I can speak I know the difference 
Although, Excellent speaking. if somebody wants to read the tarot for this film, I won't stop you. It's a weird thing, but whatever. The Town That Dreaded Sundown, the 2013 American slasher film directed by B.J. McDonald, and sequel, Hatchet 3, and the 2005 American made-for-television musical horror comedy Reefer Madness, the movie musical. <clears throat> hey, Kevin? Yes. You're going to have to wait. Craig, pick a movie and tell us about it. <laughs> uh, okay. I will, I'll go with Hatchet 3. Um, I, was, I was actually part of the production team for this, for this film. Uh, and I remember quite clearly, because I was, I was there, that Adam Green, he, uh, he pulled us all in for a group meeting and he went up to his, his whiteboard, who does, does all his ideas, and he wrote one word, so one word, hatchet. And I remember thinking to myself, that's, that's weird. We've, we've already made that movie. And, and the second one. But then he, he added the number three and it still gives me both goosebumps. It's just, it was an incredible moment. It's just, I, I don't know where he gets his ideas from. Uh, this should be this should this should be the best hatchet film, like on paper. It should be. I mean, there's there's every reason for it to be better than the other two, but it's 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 definitely the worst one. Uh, and I didn't come to this conclusion this week with like brutal brutal hatchet fatigue. I came to this conclusion a month ago when I watched this film voluntarily. In my spare time, Kevin, like I have truly been in hell. Only Parry Shen is more cursed than I am. Just endless, endless hatchet. Uh, this this movie is a waste. It wastes so much. Uh, the opening is kind of fun. Like there's a decent gore gag, and you know Daniel Harris gets sprayed with blood and gore in a way that makes you think. You know. She could have a fun kind of Bruce Campbell style role in this, but then she's just wasted entirely for the entire runtime. Entirely, entirely. Like, terrible. Wasted completely. And, you know, it was nice to see Zach Galligan again because we hardly ever see him, but he's given nothing. Nothing at all. Like, I mean, congratulations on being the OG Paul Rudd and barely aging over the last, like, 20 or 30 years, but. It's a nothing role, just a waste of his time. Uh, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 recently, so nice to see Caroline Williams. But she's she's this she's this episode's, like, you know, its latest law delivery vehicle. So she's just barking plot points at people. And but they're plot points you couldn't possibly know anything about, but she's barking them anyway. And it's she just it just becomes a pain in the arse. And. Derek Mears, he does his best, I think, to like to have a character to like you know play up the arseholeish aspects of his SWAT leader character. But you know, it's kind of you you get the impression there's going to be you know a Jason versus Jason clash, and when it comes, it it lasts literal seconds. It's just over instantly. Sean Whalen is in this. I like Sean Whalen. I don't know why he was here because he gets absolutely nothing to do. And like, I could almost appreciate Green giving these guys these thankless 
just utterly thankless fucking roles because you know we've all got to eat and Galligan might have been able to like go fucking buck wild with some brand name instant noodles that week but it's it's really no substitute for actually respecting these actors enough to write something for them that plays to their strengths and and to give them actual characters to play it's really insulting just really gross and insulting it's doubly insulting that they they have to share their screen time with terrible non-actors that the writer just happens to be sleeping with like you know i'm sure steve snyder's kid gives great head you know enjoy adam but he's he's an absolutely intolerable presence on screen and i don't understand why he's there i mean d snyder could just as easily just could have sold him into sexual slavery as a strange land to kickstarter perk it would have been a it would have made a greater contribution to society than putting him in this fucking film and making me put deal with him i just oh it's very very lazy like i mean the fx team was still doing a great job that they, they carry this whole franchise and the pacing is wildly improved and bj mcdonald you know he knows how to shoot a movie because he has has done so many times so it's the best looking hatchet film and i feel like the ingredients are there for like you know best of the franchise like everything's there but it's just it's it's wasted it it feels like Adam Green had no fucking interest whatsoever in making this film. And it permeates everything. Everything just has the stench of, I don't want to make this film. I want to do other things, but people just want this. So I suppose I'll just go through the motions in, the, in just the worst fucking way. And it's, it's depressing to watch. And I just, I felt sorry for everyone who was involved in this, even if they did get paid. It's just, ugh, ugh. I used to like these films. I used to actually like them, but now, like, I got one more visit to Honey Island Swamp next week, and then these films are going in my rear view like forever because my opinion of them is just, just plummeting. So, ugh, that's my my poster quote. Ugh, that's me. I think you were too kind. Yeah, this movie sucks. I mean, not not only see now now Tyler's gonna lie to you and say, "Oh, this one's not a comedy. This one's a comedy." They do things for laughs. The thing is, it's not funny. Uh, let's talk about uh, Sid Sid fucking Hegg's cameo, where he just spews racist shit as if it's supposed to be a joke. They pause for laughter several times after he says. He says a, a slur to an African-American cop. Like, I'm not like, you know, yay violence, yay cop violence. But like, if there was ever a scene where a cop just shot a man in the face for giggles in a movie. That was the one it should have had. Like, I would have supported that. It's terrible. Perry Shin is terrible. I don't like. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why he keeps saying yes. Um, Daniel Harris is. Wow, is she bad in this? And Sitting she in a car. Really, only has one line. Fuck you, motherfucker. She says that. I counted, and then I stopped counting once we hit fifty. Uh, 
because I was just fucking bored. Why would you walk into a cop station with somebody's head and then be surprised <laughs> when you were put in a jail cell? I don't know. It's just, it's bad. The kills are bad. And that's another thing. Half these kills are recycled from other movies in this series. I want to know what grit he has on that belt sander. Because that shit, like that thing will go through anything. And not, you know, not lose its its ability to grind off flesh. That wasn't a good gag in the first movie. And now we've seen it a lot. <laughs> Uh, Zach Gilly wasted. Uh, Derek Mears is wait. God, that is the most boring sequence in any film we have watched this year. I think <laughs> there is 10 minutes of people shooting at nothing. Are we supposed to be interested in that? Cause it's like, they're shooting at a building, but like nothing happens. It's not like nothing's being hit. Nobody's reacting and it's in slow motion. These bullets hitting a bill it's like why the fuck are we watching this in slow motion this is this is it's a bad movie it's not funny the cast is terrible the action bits are horrendously dull i hated this movie uh i think it might have some of the best makeup bits although even then a lot of the stuff is still off screen but the Crowley at the end, when he gets, you know, the thing that happens to him, that looks really good. Um, the sanding, even though it's off screen, when we see the result, that looks okay. Like, that's the only thing I have that's nice to say about this. This movie is, it's not just intolerably boring, with one of the worst scripts ever written. Oh, no, wait, that's it. Yeah, it's intolerably boring with one of the worst scripts ever written. Like Craig said, uh, BJ McDonald is a, a very solid cameraman. He, he knows how to make that look good. And, you know, it's wasted here. You know, he actually finally directed another movie. Do you know what movie that was? No. Yeah. It was a fun one. It was, it was studio six, six, six with, uh, the Foo Fighters. Oh. It's definitely a better movie than this. It's a better horror movie than this. It's a better comedy than this. I mean, I kind of wish that we just watched that instead of this. But, uh, yeah, no, this this is terrible, and this should have been just where it was done. I mean, it's not done. There's another one. And that one, that one, spoiler, that one ends with a fucking tease for a fifth, so... You know, that's coming someday because people, for some reason, can't get enough of these fucking movies. God, I hate these movies. I hate this series. I'm a little angry at Kevin that I've had to waste six hours of my life on them this month. It's just it's just bad. It's not even fun. I don't I don't get the appeal. I know Tyler's going to totally disagree, but I, I don't I don't get it. I really like Hatchet 2 a lot. Uh, spoilers for next week, but Victor Crowley is actually my favorite sequel. Uh, but I put part three pretty much right there with it. I, this one is almost 
entirely just about the kills. And yes, I know you can say that about every single hatchet movie we've watched so far, but this one truly just feels like a showcase for the gore, which, which I'm fine with. Um, I actually loved all the kills in this one. Um, I know you guys will disagree, but I feel like the comedy in this really does take a little bit of a backseat compared to the first two movies. Um, there's still jokes and there's still comedy here. Don't get me wrong. It just feels a bit more darker than the first two. Um, uh, there's some fun horror cameos. You get Sid Haig, which I always love seeing on screen. I love that man. Um, Derek Mears is fine. Uh, Carolyn, Caroline Williams gets a sizable role. Uh, she doesn't really get that many big roles anymore, but I loved her in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. I think she's fine here. Um, Zach Galligan is good. Uh, Daniel Harris, I really liked in this. Um, there really isn't much else to say about it though. I mean, if you ain't vibing with the series by part three, this won't win you over and you're probably going to fucking hate it. It's just more the same, but with less plot. But I dig it. For the most part, I've liked all these Hatchet movies. But like I said, Victor Crowley, spoilers for next week, is my favorite sequel. Um, but I, I dig Hatchet Part 3 a lot, actually. That's that's wild, T. That's pretty much exactly what Dave said. All your problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, can see, I can hear Dave's glowing review of Hatchet 3. <laughs> I, I like this. I, I think I I put one, two, and three on a par. They have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, this, this benefits from a few a few familiar faces being generally better used. And I don't mean well used, but I mean better used than just there for sort of gags and to be there for a point and a nudge and a wink although that's also part of their presence but I think Galligan uh, works well in his role even though he's you know not given the best material to work with I think he's uh, as good as Tony Todd was in the previous movie and Todd was given a lot more sort of obvious comedy to work with Caroline Williams is, uh, yeah, she's okay. Her character isn't great. Um, she's used for a lot of the comedy, being the ex-wife of uh, Galligan's uh, character, and she's used for a lot of the exposition for a finale that's hard to care about. But, you know, she's there getting work. Derek Mears, I think he's pretty wasted in his role. Uh, it comes close to, to being fun. We think he's maybe got to be hanging about longer and it could be building up to something better. But no. Um, yeah, I like seeing Sean. Is it Sean Whalen? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Yeah. Whalen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Parry Shen is, you know, I, I get the joke, but it's. Like, is he supposed to be another brother, or is he just? No, no, they. Right, so it just. Ha it ha! Just do like all Asian it. people look the same to you? Ha 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 ha! It's a joke. Get it? Ha 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 ha! I mean, <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> 
in terms of him being the uh, exact same as us, but I just wondered if I'd uh, missed out on some connection that might appear here or in a later film. Uh, and Harris, yeah, she's, I think she's all right here, actually. Um, maybe a bit better than she was in the last film, but she has less to do. So perhaps that's why that evens out. It's still all about the kills. I kind of like the way that, um, although it's a bit ridiculous and still feels a bit dragged out in between the death scenes, I like the uh, compacted time scale and the way at least it has a bunch of people going out to attempt to properly sort stuff out, which provides the potential for a higher body count and more weaponry going about. Uh, it's it's all right. You know, it's a slightly better script as well in terms of uh, less obvious awfulness that we mentioned uh, last week with Hatchet 2 when I realised that Green had just gone full Eli Roth with that one. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I'm looking forward to the next one, which is the one I haven't seen before. But I've been saving it for next week to treat myself. Don't go off too early, too mad like Craig. Wow. Why did Mary Beth even allow them to take her back into the swamp? I don't like. I don't know. Just, just stay out of that area of the swamp. And then yeah, that, you won't get murdered. That would just, make sense. Don't go back yeah. there. Yeah, I don't know. Like, why did the cop go along with it? Like, out of all the dumb fucking plans, that is the dumbest fucking plan. At least in two, you had a voodooine who believed in it. This time it's a cop and a reporter. Come the fuck on. Yeah, but I think it's okay that initially they go out there because they're not going to just take her word on it. They've just seen her covered in blood and all those bodies there. Which would be fine, and that's all it should be. Harris and the other two and Sid Haig should not be in this film at all. That's just fucking, that's just a dumb fucking plot. That's the worst plot line they'd thought up so far. I mean, there's still one more movie. And I'm not going to spoil it for you. But so far, that's the dumbest storyline. Right. Well, um, because it's the easier one to uh, summarize, I'll go for Dave's choice, Reefer Madness, the movie musical. A comedy, drama, musical, non-horror. That is <laughs> apparently, according to the line on IMDb, an outrageous tongue-in-cheek musical comedy adaptation of the classic anti-marijuana propaganda film Reefer Madness. Dave, 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 Dave. But I'm <laughs> You're welcome that I have a working sense of humor. I I hate this so much, Dave, and I don't know what went wrong. We usually tend to have similar uh, feelings towards things that, you know, especially stuff we suspect Tyler would hate. I know um, there's the lost skeleton of Cadavera 
there were the other ones in that vein. Uh, I I really thought this was awful, and I thought it was dull. I hated the cast, almost all of the cast, apart from uh, Alan Cumming and Stephen Weber. Uh, I didn't like any of the others. Not a big fan of Kristen Bell when she's not in a good place. Didn't think she was great here. Uh, didn't like the male lead. Was that Christian Campbell? Um, didn't like Nev Campbell's little role. Didn't enjoy other people who were in small roles. Ooh, swing didn't, and a miss for the Campbell siblings. Didn't um, didn't think the songs were like they weren't tuneful. They weren't funny enough. They weren't clever enough. I I honestly thought the original was more entertaining because it's so ridiculous and in the way that they were quite po-faced about it whereas this is that I mean watching this I thought this is the kind of thing you also hate as well Dave but you love this one I don't know why but we've spoken before about films that sort of uh, come out aiming to be like a cult film or aiming to have this complete overwhelming quirkiness that is selling. This just didn't work for me at all. Every other uh, supporting cast member is someone that I thought could be played by someone better. Kristen Campbell should have been played by Justin Long. Except he can't Uh, sing. Justin Long can't sing or do comedy. Well, I'm not entirely convinced that Christine Campbell can either. Uh, Anna Anna Gasteyer should have been played by Molly Shannon or Catherine Hahn. Amy Spanger or Spanger or however you pronounce them should have been played by Anna Faris. Or Kristen Bell could have been played by Anna Faris. Somebody could have been played by Anna Faris in this mix. And it would have already been, uh, I'm going to say, 15% better. And I'm not the world's biggest Anna Faris fan, but she would work in this material. I was kind of tempted a while ago to um, pick up the digital version of Heather's a Musical. And uh, I didn't. Well, it was going sort of quite cheap on iTunes. I'm kind of glad I didn't because it's this director that did that as well. Not uh, writer. It's the same writer. No. Yes. Sorry? It's the same writer. Right. I'm on about a director first. Cam your pants, Dave. It's the same director as well. <laughs> Andy Fickman has uh, directed both. So do they just like work together on crappy musical no. comedy riffs? Well, maybe. Um, But that, that's what I saw. Now, Kevin Murphy and Dan Studney, who are the writers on this one, they just they haven't no, they haven't impressed me with this. And it's Murphy that also did the Heather's a musical, isn't it? This, yes, this it is. director. Um yeah, so I'm not convinced I'm going to rush to give that a go. I just like it none of it worked. And then I don't think it should be an hour 49 minutes. I know that's not over long compared to the ridiculous lengths we get of 
most mainstream movies nowadays, but it felt much longer. It's interminable at places. Um, there was there was not much good out of this, apart from when it would go back to Alan Cumming, uh, doing his little bits in between, which I enjoyed. And oh, yeah, well, I suppose you know it's two thousand and five, so we can just overlook the hey, it's a guy in prison cowering immediately in the shower room gag. Uh, great. That's just the cherry on top. Better than the Southern Racists. No. Nope. Yes. Hatchet, Hatchet 3 is better than this and should get the sweep. <laughs> You're just loving it because you saw Kristen Bell looking vampy for one song and dance number. Dude, there is not enough reefer on earth to make your comment true. Because <laughs> you sit there and you just idolize Dak Shepard and you want his life, Dave. Oh, that's not even funny. That is <laughs> that is fucking Adam Green levels of comedy, and that is not that is not funny. I might be a mediocre middle aged man, but I'm not that middle med- ah shit. I'm not that mediocre or middle aged. Thank you. I d- I kept wondering when this would sort of kick in, because as I say, we often uh share similar taste with this kind of thing and this kind of comedy, but it, it really didn't work for me. And the longer it went on, just the more disappointed I was. And I was I was just glad when it ended. Sorry, I just, like, I know we've watched worse for the podcast, and I know you've made us watch worse. But while it was on, I was like, God damn it, this is one of the worst things Dave's made me watch. I did not expect to have that strong a reaction to it. Shall I go? Go for it. Oh, please. Okay. Okay. Um, student bodies. This is uh, just a film that uh, Kevin thinks is funny. Thought I'd mention that. <laughs> it's a great thing. Um, uh, I was not exactly chomping at the bit for this one. I don't really like musicals. It's not me being some kind, you know, lame toxic alpha dipshit. I just, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not so flooded with testosterone. I can't enjoy a musical. I they just don't tend to work for me. But I I adored Reefer Madness. I adored all of it, like every second of this film. Like I have not been so thoroughly entertained in in some time. Uh, uh, Meowie's Halloween. That's another, <laughs> that's another film that Kevin was amused by. Just uh, gonna drop one of those in every now and then. Um, Ni- neither of those were Kevin Sevens, by the way. Just to clarify, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I made my point. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love this. I thought every song was a banger, like a banger after banger after banger. Like I was, I was choking on some of the lyrics in in this thing, especially during the the Anne, Anna Gasteyer's opening number uh, the lines like he throws me down the stairs but deep inside he cares and Vova fun sometimes escapes me when jack gets stones and rapes me i wasn't expecting this to go quite as dark as it was and yeah i was uh it, 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 it was it had some shocking little comedy moments that i enjoyed uh the, f- the first toke song as well i i, I loved that 
that that was from the first toke of a spliff to evolving into a big song and dance number in the bowels of hell with our lead being figuratively raped by Satan. Uh, so good. Like, I, I just like comedy songs as much as I do musicals, but I dug every song in this, uh, which is a miracle. Uh, I enjoyed the humour outside of the songs as well. I thought it was really good. It's got a real kind of, had a real Zucker, Abraham Zucker vibe to it. Uh, lines like, um, oh, Jack, this, this boy can't be much older than 15, which really made me, made me giggle. And uh, I've looked for you everywhere. I haven't been everywhere. Doesn't sound great out of context, but you know, I, I just I just really enjoyed it. It made me laugh pretty much, pretty consistently. It's very silly, in the best way, but it's there's some subtlety to it. I think like I, I like the way they handled the parody elements in this film because I was pretty sure going in that Reef of Madness was beyond parody. Like they're, they're not going to be able to do it, but they handled that stuff really well by just sticking real close to the source material at times like some of this film is only like three percent more melodramatic than the original film like the the piano player is just pretty much lifted intact from the 1936 film because it's already funny uh the production design so good the costumes in particular are fantastic the choreography just superb but the cast you're you're so so wrong kevin and i don't just mean about the cast i mean you just you're just so wrong what's gone wrong uh it's just i i don't understand how anyone could not enjoy this cast i thought it was okay it's 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 it's, uh it's uh so it's very subjective i get it i get it but it's just for me, this is one of the most perfect, like, flawless casts I've ever seen on a film for this podcast. I thought, like, Anna Gasteyer was fucking hilarious. Uh, Stephen Webber was great. I love Stephen Webber. Only time he turns up on this show, I have to remind everyone that he, he gave my favourite guest spot in a sitcom of all time in the Party Down episode, Welcome Home, Ricky Sargalesh. So you should watch that. Uh, Alan Cumming is perfect. Like, if you had... If you're trying to sell mischief as a concept, he would be the face of mischief. And so he's perfect for this. I didn't expect this to be his Doctor Strange love, but that's, that's exactly what it was. Uh, I love Robert Torty as uh, as Jesus, this kind of lounge singer, game show host, cheesy Jesus. Uh, Kristen Bell is perfect, fucking just born for this role, perfect role for her. Uh, and she can sing like an absolute beast, unlike possibly Anna Faris, I don't know. Um, but like, even if all of these people sucks, sucks massive sweaty balls, I honestly think Christian Campbell could have carried this show on the strength of his performance alone. I thought he was fucking phenomenal. Like, the energy and personality and sincerity in that performance is something else. And when I... when Because I don't watch musicals very often. It, when it occurred to me that he used to do this on stage nightly for people. I was just, it's kind of awed. It kind of blew me away. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I do wish he would try a little harder to be a gay man. Just as I think he'd have a really good time and being Neve Campbell's brother just kind of feels like a very gay thing. Like, I mean, it's fine. Take, take a nice girl home to meet Neve rather than, you know, 
a nice man who knows the screenplay for the 1994 made television thriller, the forget me not murders off by heart. It's fine. It's fine. You can, you can be straight. Jim Campbell. I just, you know, just think you'd have fun. Uh, I just, I, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. And I did not expect to, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of shocked that Kevin, Kevin didn't enjoy it. I really did not expect that sort of reaction. And, but, but, um, the student bodies. So, yeah, I bet that live show was a riot. I would, I would love to see this live. I, I, I loved it, Dave. It's a, it's a hell of a pick. Yay! So uh, Andy Fickman, Andy Fickman directed such classics as Paul Blart, Mall Cop Two, and Playing with Fire. Um, I've only seen one of those. You got to make your money, dude. No, no, I get gotta it. Got to make that I nut. It. I get it. I've seen Paul Blart, Mall Cop Two, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've I've never seen the original Reefer Madness until this week. Uh, I know what it is. I mean, I knew what it was. I just never actually sat down to watch it until a couple days ago. Uh, fun fact: I thought it was fucking terrible. Um, I've seen this one a couple times though. Uh, I really like this movie a lot. Actually, I love the cast here. They all just fucking bring it, especially Kristen Bell. She is fucking amazing. In this movie, I mean, Kristen Bell just steals every fucking scene she's in. She's wonderful. Um, I think it works as both a parody and a musical, which in theory could be a fucking disaster. But they figure out the groove and they make it work. And the uh, the musical scenes are actually super well done for a Showtime production. I think this was like made for Showtime back in the day. If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, the the songs are a lot of fun, and the dancing is actually well choreographed and staged for what they are. Uh, seeing Sidney Prescott do the tango is truly something special, and I'm happy I get to witness that. So I may be biased there. Uh, Alan Cumming is awesome. It's funny, even in like the worst shit, like Son of the Mask, that dude always brings his A game. Like he single handedly made Son of the Mask watchable because he's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's. I'm just gonna echo what Craig said. It's a, it's just a fun flick. Uh, like I said, I hadn't seen the original Reefer Madness until a couple days ago, uh, and seeing that really does heighten the enjoyment of this one more when you actually know what they're parroting. Uh, but you can still totally enjoy it without ever seeing the original one. I, I don't recommend the original movie. I, like I said, I think it's awful, but um, I do think you should probably watch it before you watch this one just to see what they're satirizing. But yeah, it's it's solid stuff, and it's a really fun musical, and uh, I've always really enjoyed it. I'm also really surprised at Kevin. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, just going after this cast is just a mind blowing to me because, especially Kristen Bell and Christian Campbell, are perfect. They are the most spot on doing this uh, '30s. Movies to scare parents acting style. I mean, they you could you could set them in the original film and nobody would notice you replace the leads with the parody versions. They are perfect. Perfect. And Justin Long is never the answer, dude. You need to, <laughs> I, I, again, there is reefer is not good enough to make you believe that. And I guess we're going to have Justin to, Long there now. Is, yeah, Does is, he have you? Are, are you okay, <laughs> Kevin? I mean, you know, honk once for yes and twice for no. Do you that, need that, us to help not, you? 
they're not perfect. Maybe, maybe they're too musical theatre. Maybe they're too sort of big grin and winking about it. I don't know. There's something about the performances that really put me off. Are. I, I know, but it's, it doesn't oh it doesn't work for me for this parody of the material. The the songs are dark and mostly fairly sharp. Uh, yeah, I I love it. I think it's Kevin Murphy and Dan Studley studies best. Uh, here's a fun fact. When working on Heather's the musical, they, uh, they did some private readings and sing throughs and guess who did JD and Veronica. Oh God. <laughs> and I think it's a shame that that's not recorded because I would, I would absolutely adore to be able to hear Bell and Campbell is JD and Veronica. All I'm saying. They actually, uh, they, they, they did a, I think they did a legally blonde staging when they were trying to get money with Kristen Bell in the lead of that. Also, I think it's pretty perfect. Um, Tyler named other things by director Finkman. I'm surprised he didn't name uh, she's the man. The 2006 romantic teen comedy with Amanda Bynes that just sounds right up his alley. That's all. I'm a big fan of this. I think it's great. I I really don't know why Kevin's nipples are in a twist this evening over it because he just he just missed out on something wonderful. I preferred playing with fire. Something absolutely yeah. wonderful. And brilliant. Just, mm. I mean, see, now he thinks I'm going to have a hard time uh, describing the town that dreaded sundown, and I won't. In 2013, the city of Texarkana has been showing the 1976 film, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, annually since 1976. That film is based off actual serial killings that happened in Texarkana in 1946. Now, there's a new killer on the loose who tells poor already traumatized Jamie Lerner, this is for Mary, make them remember. Our new killer then spends the next, it's like a year, right? Eight months? Recreating the kills from the movie while Jamie does her best to learn what's going on. Uh, there's also some town stuff that's just kind of secondary. Texas Ranger shows up as a joke. It's, it's, it's a bad joke. And then it wastes a lot of really solid actors in supporting roles. Um, Addison Timlin is Jamie. I actually like Timlin in some other things she's popped up in. Uh, I, th I think she's adorable in um, Odd Thomas. But uh, I don't care for her here. She's just a little too flat. Her uh, her male friend and investigating partner is uh, Nick, played by Travis Trope, and he's he's really bad. <laughs> Uh, but the like the the, the cops are, are Gary Cole, who's always excellent. 
totally wasted. He's got like four scenes and mostly he just, you know, mugs, you know, uh, red herringly in the background. Uh, the other one is Ed Lauder. Ed Lauder is, was an absolutely fantastic character actor and stand-up comedian. Yeah. This was his last, uh, work before his death. Um, He's really good. He's given absolutely nothing to do. Uh, the best red herring is played by Edward Herman, another absolutely fantastic character actor who this was also his last film uh, before passing away. Uh, and he just he's wasted like it's there is there's a universe where Scream did not happen. So this is like the first big meta film, but that's not this universe. So instead we've got, uh, and Daniel Harris is in a scene or two as, as a townsperson. Just wanted to point out that connection before I forgot. Um, It doesn't, it doesn't land. It doesn't have anything to say. So the meta stuff is just, look at how cute we are with our meta. Ha 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 ha. And it doesn't get into the duality of Texarkana, which is a city that is both in Texas and Arkansas. So there's there's two of everything, which, you know, that could be interesting, but they don't get into it. It's just like they kind of wink at it because there's two sheriffs and there's two mayors, but they don't clash. There's no fight between them. There's no power struggle. I mean, and you could do that in other cities that where the, the disparagement would be even more interesting. Like um, they could have moved this and put the sequel in San Antonio, Texas, where, um, you know, there's there's a, a, a Latino council and a honky council and they butt heads a lot. There's some issues between them. And that would have been a, like an awesome place to set it. But instead... It's just kind of like they make eyes at doing something interesting and they fully refuse to every step of the way. The kills are just, uh, they were done better in the original movie. There, there's a lot of jokey things. There's a lot of in-jokes that keep popping up. And it's a Ryan Murphy produced film and he loves his fucking in-jokes, but only any of them are, are funny. You know, having the two musicians park underneath the all-seeing eye of the reverend's billboard in a billboard wasteland. Ha ha. It's just like, it doesn't work for me. This film doesn't work in any way, shape or form. I guess it shot. Okay. But like the killer reveal is meaningless. His plan is fucking stupid. His reasoning is nothing. It's just, it's filler. Uh, now, apparently, uh, T told me this, and, and I've read it other places, where at some point they wanted to do this as a season of um, American Horror Story, and they should have just done it like that, because then maybe they could have made some of these ideas work. But instead, they're, they're just, they make eyes at interesting things, but they don't do anything with it. This is such a frustrating film to watch because instead of having an interesting look at this town and the legacy of this film and the actual murders, we've just got nothing. It's just fluff that wastes 
some fantastic character actors in roles that have no effect on anything or do anything. It's, it's just, eh, it's just there. It's, it's not offensive, but it's not interesting. It's not worth going out of your way to, to look at. It's, it's not even a Kevin seven. My guess is it's a Kevin 5.5 on the Kevmometer. It's just, it's not smart. It's not fun. It's just there. Like a lump on the inside of my leg that I should talk to my doctor about. I'll uh, jump in if that's okay, because... Yeah. This is probably the most that Dave and I agree this week. Um, I wanted to like this. I'm glad I watched the original because, um, you know, well, I say that I'm going to give it a a full a full rewatch. But knowing the tone of the original and and what events it was depicting is the sort of best place to then see what they're doing here. But as Dave said, it's it's quite a frustrating watch. It's a wasted opportunity. It doesn't go down any of the more interesting avenues. It's basically a lot of scenes that uh, turn into, oh, remember that bit from the original film? This is that done now. It's the same but different. See? That's, that's what it is. Um, there, there are a couple of good uh, gory moments, a couple of good gore gags there, but they're they're too few and far between. Yeah, the motivation for the killings is ridiculous. The characters are there's there's quite a big spread of characters, and none of them really make a decent impression. I didn't mind Timlin in her role or taupe but they're just I mean they, they just wander around until you're you're waiting for things to, to come to a head at a finale uh, as well as those that they've mentioned Veronica Cartwright is also fairly wasted I would say uh, Dennis O'Hare doesn't seem to get enough to chew on and we know he can chew uh, I know there's a reason why Dave didn't mention Anthony Anderson or just yes, hate, hated I'm, his performance. Call me Lone Wolf. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, Lone Wolf. I just... Like, his whole point is to watch the movie and go, hey, this is an okay movie. It's like, oh, fuck. I fucking hated Lone Wolf. I like to see uh, him bed larder, though. Like, that, they did okay in that scene. That was probably the best moment in the film. But besides that, yes, I've tried to suppress Lone Wolf. Thank you so much. <laughs> it looks like the, the writer has sort of just done mainly TV, I guess. Like, they've probably just stayed nestled close to the bosom of Murphy and gone on. Uh, writer did the Sabrina show. Or at least part of that Riverdale Pretty Little Liars stuff or a spin-off of it. And the director, Alfonso Gomez Rejon, 
or Rehon. Is um yeah, he's done some American horror story stuff and uh and some RTV. I didn't notice any other features in his filmography. Although he did do uh the director they just produced some of that Hunters that I was interested in at one point. He, he directed until Dave tells me it's complete shit. Yeah, he he directed a couple episodes and they were shit. So <laughs> Yay. Um Oh no, I forgot he did uh, me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which I liked, and the Current War. He's done another couple of movies. I didn't see the Current War, uh, but me and Earl and the Dying Girl was good. It was better than this. This just feels, yeah, it feels unsatisfying. It feels pointless. Um, never feels as smart or funny as I think it's aiming for. And I'm not on about like obviously funny haha, but just uh, try to have the sly wit. It just doesn't work. So really, all it's got going for it is copying scenes from a movie that's actually, you know, a pretty good uh, dark serial killer thriller. From what what I saw, so. At least on the plus side, I am keen to to revisit the original and give it my full attention, and uh, and know that I'm going to enjoy that pretty straightforward uh, telling of the tale. That's me. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> uh, it's. It's a pretty solid piece of entertainment, like while it's on, but it doesn't it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny once once the credits have rolled. I think is the issue. Like I looked at my notes afterwards and realised I was giving this movie quite a bit of credit. It didn't actually earn. Some were very silly. Like I, I made a note and said, you know, I I I really love the title of this film, and I do. But you know, just they, they don't get to claim that one. Uh, I noted that the killer's disguise was creepy, but obviously they don't really get to claim that, claim that one either. It's either owed to the original or a legitimate murderer, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and I wanted to give a little praise to the meta approach the film takes, but again, just... The Blair Witch 2 did a similar thing 15 years earlier, and Scream almost 20 years earlier, and they, they did it right. They did it a lot better, and this feels... It feels less like a like a meta exploration of a relationship between crime and entertainment. It feels less like that than it does just 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 marketing. Like we have this IP that we need to sell in a time of market saturation, and meta just becomes like the new Coke. It it. It doesn't mean anything. It's not really part of the film. It's just, please don't ignore this slasher remake, one of thousands, because we we we're doing the meta. Come come see our meta, and it's just, I don't know. It's it's more successful, I think, as a straight slasher movie. But even then, even then, it's got its problems. I mean, I I disagree with it. You guys were okay with the lead. I thought you was fairly awful i don't think i think the writing has a lot to do with it because no, 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 no i said she was bad i said i liked her in oh, okay. other things there's that's oh, okay odd Tom, i liked her in odd thomas is what i said 
I, all I'll right, where, you know. But I guess I guess if Anton Yelchin makes those dreamy eyes at anyone, I'll fall for them too. Because he has doe eyes. I can't help it. No, yeah. It's just it's a slasher film about a girl with no friends. And I mean I get it, because I wouldn't want to be her friend. She's she's very boring. Uh her parents clearly killed themselves to avoid raising her. And her grandmother is just right on the edge of choosing to join them like i don't know why anyone would have anything to do with this girl so you've got no core group of characters you just got this kind of succession of unconnected strangers getting murdered and who who cares i just there's no reason to care and the kills are solid like i love that that severed head but uh i love gary cole's you know blue balls headshot there's just some good stuff but there's no reason for any of it to register beyond that was kind of cool and then it's over and it doesn't mean and it it just it doesn't have an impact and stylistically i think it's kind of a mess like you get these kill scenes that are generally pretty slick and they're well shot they're well edited they're really well lit but then you have these dialogue scenes that are set up like like i don't know like professional prom photos of this weird soft lighting like stylistically it's really erratic and inconsistent and it's just like that just just like the rest of the film really i mean i enjoyed it while it was on believe it or not and it's mostly due to that sporting cast everyone's mentioned like you know i love veronica cartwright she's hugely underrated actress love gary cole love ed lauter love dennis o'hare edward herman they're they're generally great and they do some heroic heavy lifting while they're on screen it's just this is not a film that you want to spend any time thinking about afterwards because if you put give it any thought if you give it any energy it really starts to feel very empty and desperate and and cynical like even more cynical than some of the straight rehashes from this from this era because it doesn't do anything with the meta that just contains meta so it's 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 no less cynical than a straight up remake and probably, yeah, probably a little bit more. And yeah, I, I just, I enjoyed it while it was on, but it falls apart if you give it any thought whatsoever. And yeah, I mean, for that reason, I, I, I felt compelled to give it the most brutal scorched earth, scorched earth score imaginable, which is, uh, yeah, the, yeah, Kevin six. Oh, just uh, may God have mercy on my soul for. I don't know how you're going to sleep tonight, Craig. Um, the directors of this film could dig up some of my blood relatives and defile their bodies. They won't make up for what I've done, but uh, they they can go ahead. Think about how much interesting this would be if they just pulled the trigger on one of their ideas. Like, what if the preacher was behind it to get, you know people back in the pews that'd be so good well, what if there was a reason yeah a reason yeah yeah reason. like oh man like all these ideas that they throw out it's like oh man that would have been that could have been really good but no no what, what, what if it was the filmmaker's son just so he could finally make a sequel that his dad wanted him to but no like none of that like all the things that could work they're like nah nah fuck that here why did the it's this dude you saw in the background like twice, but it doesn't mean anything. Why did the guy 
goes to the trouble of faking his own death as well. Well, how did that benefit the the plot or his his plot in in you know the reality of the film? I like I don't I don't understand why they picked that girl to be their me- yeah none of that made they didn't explain that just because instead of targeting like a popular girl and actually killing her but well, that's film that that's film logic because they do something for the audience and of course you know we we don't exist you know we're outside of it so yeah yeah. I mean, I knew I would be the lone gusher for this movie. I mean, I do. <laughs> I, uh, I knew this. You become like a, you become a, what's the word? A vigilante. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Charles the, Bronson the, up in this bitch. You said the last gusher? I am the lone gusher. The lone gusher. That's it. Yeah, you can be the lone gusher. I just, I, I knew. Killing people, leaving DVDs of his favorite movies <laughs> no one else likes in their car. Just me. I, I, I knew this wouldn't get the Raiders of the Podcast fucking bukkake where we shower our love juice all over this movie like Riley Reed's glazed face after leaving the set of Pussies the Best Medicine for. My picks never do. God, that was. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm never going to get that mental image out of my head. <laughs> I'm still thinking of police finding a body that they've got no motive but three copies of Shredder on top of them. <laughs> that movie is gnarly, dude. Um, my picks never do, and that's okay. Uh, I, I love this movie. Um, I'm also a really big fan of the 1976 film. Uh, bar a couple little moments in that movie that feel like the Dukes of Hazard style comedy, I think that's a damn near perfect 70s slasher serial killer movie. Um, the 2014 version though, I, it's honestly, it's one of my absolute favorite meta slashers. One of the best since the first scream, in my opinion. Um, I love the cinematography and the camera work. Uh, the director and the cinematographer did a lot of my favorite American horror story episodes. Um, I think I'm probably the biggest fan of that show on this podcast. Um, and it shows uh, here with those crazy Dutch angles and that quick, rapid cut editing. I just I love that shit. And it feels and looks exactly like an episode of American Horror Story. Just I love that weird ass score. That hotel death scene is fucking amazing with the girl jumping out the window and the bone snapping through her leg. It's fucking some cringeworthy shit. I just I love it. That chase almost looks identical to the chase scene with bloody face from the asylum season of American horror story, just almost identical. Um, the trumpet death scene in that signed billboard graveyard was awesome. I love that scene. I, See, I, I thought that one was too mean spirited. That, that scene mean. that really, that really bothered me. I think they should have let the, him actually be able to play. That's in the original too. Have you, have you seen the original Craig or no? I haven't known. Okay. That scene is in the original, but it's with a female instead of a male, but that scene is straight from the original. Um, but I, I love the meta movie within a movie plot. I always do. I just, I love how the town that dreaded sundown is now like stabbed from the scream universe, except the Texarkana version here. I thought Alison Timlin was fine as the lead. I always really liked her. I think she's solid for the most part. Um, I actually like this whole cast, actually, even Anthony Anderson. I think Anderson is fine, but I don't hate Anthony Anderson as much as most people do. I just, I think he's fine. Um, Josh from Blair Witch pops up for the third time this month, guys. The third time we got Blair Witch, we got Hatchet, and now he's back in the town that dreaded sundown. He uh, 
he deserves a trophy this month because it's the third time for him popping up. But uh, yeah, I, I can't really add much else. I am quite the fan of this movie, but I'm also quite the fan of Ryan Murphy's productions as a whole. I've pretty much liked everything he's done, borrow maybe fucking Eat, Pray, Love, which is one of the worst things I've ever seen. But I love his horror stuff, and uh, Nip Tuck is one of the greatest shows of all time. But um, yeah, this movie really works for me. I, I like it a lot, so I am quite the fan. All right, it's time to pick one. Oh, we don't, we know, we know who's picking. You and Craig are going for Reefer Madness movie musical. Tyler's going for Town That Dreaded Sundown. I'm just sticking my guns and going Hatchet Three. You know, you that's exactly what is happening. Yeah, that yes. was exactly <laughs> what was going to happen. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, unless we can like talk Tyler into voting for. Uh, Reefer no, we can't. We just, can't convince just, Tyler of just anything. Just to spite, no, I know we can't, but so just, just to annoy Kevin just a little bit more, because, you know, just, ah, uh, come on. Hey, it was worth Joe, a shot. Do you know how many Wes Anderson shorts went on Netflix? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly why he won't do it. We all know no. exactly how many. <laughs> I'm picking the, uh, whatever year it came out, um, horror comedy uh, bloody hell which i i like it's it's a fine movie but really i'm just it's i just want to uh, gush about his lead actor ben o'toole who i think is fantastic and it's uh, a star making turn or it should have been uh you all know my pick it's it's victor crowley yeah. aka hatchet four shot <laughs> i'm going with dead end the uh think 2004 ray weisland shay i am going with alexandria aja's 2006 remake of the hills have eyes oh. um craig said we should let you guess what the theme is next week and i think that would be nice i think we'll do that this time now put i mean unless you got to guess now oh right um so has Craig picked something that is in line with the theme? Uh, the thing is, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think it is. I think it is because he specifically pushed for this one so he could pick this movie. So, yeah, I, th- I, I, I assume it is. Is it to do with uh, cast members? It is not. And it's not just a Wes Craven connection, is it? No, is there a Wes Craven connection in all of them? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, he did the original House of Ice, didn't right. he? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Lynn Shea is in Dead End, and she was in, in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Night on Elm Street. And, oh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, no, no, uh, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you're, that's a good guess, but that is not it. Is it, uh, is it something ridiculous that I would never guess? No, anyway? you should be able to get it once you watch it, assuming they are all <laughs> what they should be. <laughs> oh, God. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, well, us, that's, I, I, <laughs> that might yeah. not be a thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't often, know. Maybe then. I love how often we sit down and we say, we're going to do these kinds of movies, and then like three of us will... And then one of us randomly will just be like, no, fuck that. <laughs> I... <laughs> mine definitely has it. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah my, I, mine too. 
<laughs> and and we know yours does. So maybe maybe Craig went rogue. I don't know. Anyway, you can reach us on our blog spot, readersofthepodcast.blogspot.com, our Instagram, our Facebook. If you really want to get a hold of us, you can email us at readersofthepodcast at gmail.com. We're all available on a ton of social medias if you want to stalk us. Tyler already has like 30 young female stalkers. So if he doesn't notice, it's not personal. It's just he's got a lot to wade through. I'm surprised none of them have kidnapped him to wear his uh, toes for earrings yet. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll talk to you next week. See ya. See ya. Mary Lane, with an L, for love. I love Mary Lane. Love by Mary, love by Mary, love by Mary Lane. Jimmy, what are you doing here in the middle of the night? It's almost 9 p.m. Mary Lane, oh Mary Lane, two words that fall like gentle rain. Did you take my car? Touch my hand and...